Hi, and welcome to episode 110 of the Dinner Sisters podcast. We're two sisters taking on the nightly challenge of dinner. I'm Kate Schultz, living and working in Rhode Island. I'm a passionate cook and recipe collector, always thinking about my next meal. I'm Betsy Wallace. I live, work, and raise a family in Atlanta, Georgia. I love dinner time, but can always use help planning and cooking for my family of five. I've got three kids. They are five, eight, and ten. We have a birthday coming up in a week or so. Yeah. 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 Our goal of this podcast, we want to cook a little better, learn a little bit about food, and most importantly, figure out what the heck to have for dinner. (laughs) I've said a million times. Who knew? (laughs) Here's how this works. In case you haven't noticed, it's episode 110. So it is a dinner party episode, which means we do something a little different with some recipes that kind of celebrate the fact that we made it 10 more episodes. And I've gotten those recipes from all over the web and just here to share them with you. So we have the recipes, tips, smorgasbord, and our shopping list always on the website at dinnersisters.com. And you can get them sent directly to your inbox by subscribing to our newsletter. If you're the type of person that likes to, you know, check things out before you dig in. Okay, Kate, so this week's recipes for our dinner party were Soka from Jean Henshaw on Food 52, Celery Salad with Dates, Almonds, and Parmesan from Bon Appetit, and Wacky Cake with Cocoa Coffee Glaze by Jenny Eats. So, Betsy, I have to admit, this was a challenge of an episode to think about. A dinner party in the midst, middle of a pandemic. How do we do this? I was torn between finding something that like was a big project, right? You could cook all day since we're all home anyway. And the fact, you know, on the other hand, we really shouldn't be shopping. So I didn't want to do something that was like used unusual ingredients. I don't know. And maybe you're not home. You're an essential worker and, and you're very busy. So uh, I settled on a super simple main dish that can be kind of dressed up or you can eat it as is your famous salad now. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's your salad at this point and a cake that needs no dairy or eggs at all. Still flour, though. I, I can't help you there. Kate, I liked the way you put this together and I agree that it was just it's just kind of tough to think about because we're all in such different situations some of us are very busy some of us are on the opposite end of the spectrum and feeling just claustrophobic and stuck at home no one really has the same kind of ingredients it's just funny so I thought this one worked really well is a little bit flexible and even if you don't have some of the ingredients maybe it gives you some ideas for when we're all out and about a little bit more Mm-hmm. Okay, so the first recipe of the episode is soka or farinata from Jean Henshaw on Food 52. And if you listened to one o- episode 102 and heard us talk about bisanchila or tomato omelet, this is actually really similar. It is just the French version or Italian version of the same thing. So it's a thin, flat chickpea flour pancake, but instead of making it on the stovetop, this version has you bake it in the oven. And apparently, if you go to certain parts of France and you can, it's cooked outside on a copper pan, Betsy. Oh, fancy. Sounds amazing. It's like yeah. street food, though. You, like, get a chunk of it oh, as a snack. Oh, oh, I see. Okay, yeah. Yeah, I mean, it sounds fancy because it's, like, copper and French and everything. But it's definitely, like, a snack food, which I was like, that sounds really great. And you know me and I love a fancy thing. Mm-hmm. Um, so this is kind of trying to approximate that in the oven. And so basically you make this thin batter. Then you bake it in um, a preheated pan, uh, 
maybe a cast iron or something like that. And if you like, you can finish the top with a broiler. It's a toasty, nicely dense pancake with a creamy interior. And for toppings, you can do anything that your heart desires. So to make it, all you have to do is blend up one cup of chickpea flour, one cup of or so of water, some olive oil, salt and pepper, and you mix it until it's a thick-ish, like pancake batter, essentially. And you pour it into a preheated cast iron skillet, bake it at 450 until it's nice and brown around the edges, and then broil it for five minutes until it's nice and toasty on top. And that's it. You can slice it up. And like I said, anything you want to put on top, I saw olive tapenade, I saw cheeses, ham, um, kind of savory things the most often. So Betsy, how'd you like this? How'd this go? I, we really did like this. So you and I had to talk about it because we, I don't have cast iron pans. Mm. And so I was wondering what the best way to approach this was. And I ended up doing it in my Dutch oven. And I thought it worked really well because I could reheat it and then, or I preheated it, took it out, poured the olive oil in it, like it said. And then at the end, it just kind of flipped out. I had no problems getting it out, which was great. Oh, great. Yeah. I was a little concerned about that when you said, and I was like, oh boy. Yeah, I didn't have any. They just like kind of came right out, which was really, really nice. I do think I overcooked mine a bit because it Mm. didn't have the creaminess in the interior so if I make it again, which I probably will, I might err on the side of undercooking mm. just based on the based on the instructions. It said if you're not going to broil it, which I wasn't going to because I had it in that big Dutch oven, it's, yeah. you can leave it in for another five minutes. And I think I would have just taken it out a little bit earlier. But okay. generally, I thought this was really was great. And we kind of I used a pizza cutter and just sliced it up into wedges and I had a little like roasted fish that night because I had it from the freezer. And then I had read, I think actually Megan Splawn from Didn't I Just Feed You has a recipe on the kitchen for this also. Because when I was, yes, I was heading around, I was poking around looking to see if anyone had done this in a Dutch oven to see, see if there yeah. was an advice. <laughs> and so she said that sometimes she uh, feeds this as like to her family as a snack with some drizzled honey and butter. So I did oh. also let my kids try that, and they thought that was fantastic. So I mean, that sounds really good. Yeah. Mm-hmm. What you? What did you think about this? I mean, I, I guess I just really love a chickpea pancake when it comes right down to it. Yeah. Because <laughs> I was yeah. like, this is really good. Um, you know, this is not a time to skimp on olive oil or salt. That's the only thing that's seasoning this. Mm-hmm. So if you're the type of person that's like, maybe I shouldn't put as much olive oil in it. Just, just live your best life. You know, that is it's other it's going to get super bland otherwise. I had a plain with a celery salad on the side, which was delicious. Mm -hmm. So good. And then I had some extra. James wasn't super into it. So the next day I had it for lunch and I kind of made like a grilled cheese out of it. Oh, yeah. That That was good. Mm. Yeah. Kind of toasted in the saute pan, cheese in the middle, like mozzarella cheese, because that's what I had in the house, you know, um, and toasted on both sides. That was also really good. Uh, you know, it's like a pseudo carby comfort food with also giving you some nutrition, which I feel like <laughs> right yeah. now I'm like, oh, well, this is a great idea. Honestly, too, you, I know I have seen chickpea flour over regular wheat flour in the um, grocery store. Mm-hmm. And online. So I used a Bob's Red Mill brand, which you can also sometimes find in the gluten-free baking section. 
of the store. Um, mm-hmm. Or you can order it online. I know that's one of those things. So this was really good. I, I liked it. I liked that it was flexible. This is a five out of five for me. How about you? Yeah. I'm giving it a four out of five. Mm. I am. I guess I would have to make it again because I did use that. Well, maybe mm. I should not rate it. I don't know. I didn't use the correct pan, but I just would caution anyone to not overcook it because Fair I think enough. mine did end up kind of dry. And so there you go. I mean, I don't know. Take from that what you will. All right. <laughs> let's move on to the second recipe, which is celery salads, dates, almonds, and parmesan from Food 52. The salad is um, exactly what the title says. So it is eight stalks of celery that are sliced diagonally into kind of thinnish pieces. Then you chop up six dates and throw those in the bowl with the celery. Meanwhile, you're roasting a quarter cup of almonds in the oven. You let them cool and then roughly chop before throwing them in the bowl with the rest of the salad. Salt and pepper the mix. And then you squeeze over that two tablespoons of lemon. Toss it gently And then next, you just drizzle over a quarter cup of olive oil, sprinkle with red pepper flakes, and add in some shaved Parmesan. Toss it again, you know, gently so you don't break the Parmesan up too much. And that's it. It is this crunchy, fresh, with a little bit of the dates for sweetness salad. Betsy, you have been like the ambassador for the celery salad for weeks. And I, for some reason, was not making it. And I finally gave in. And I regret all the time I've lost. That's <laughs> mm-hmm. so good. Super mm-hmm. crunchy, super fresh. You know, tell us, Betsy, tell us about your celery salad. Yeah, this is one of those things that I think I might have to back off soon because I've been making <laughs> it so much. <laughs> we're going to we're going to overdo it. And I joked in the Facebook group that that my kids are going to say, "Well, this is the salad that mom made during COVID-19 right? when she couldn't <laughs> stop making that celery salad with the dates in it." That's um, funny. Yeah, but I just love it because I almost always have celery in the fridge for things like ants on the log and just mm-hmm. easy salads. And then I keep in my pantry, I almost have always have dates and then nuts, some kind of nuts. So I have made this with like chopped walnuts. I've made it with smoked almonds a couple weeks ago mm. when I was cooking for the open table or sorry, open oh, right. kitchen. I made these smoked almond crackers for that. And so I've got a half a bag of smoked almonds left for that. And that's such a big kind of flavor Mm. That I don't put too many of them, but I'll kind of chop them up and put this in the in the salad. I'll tell you, a few times when we've had a heavy dinner, Ryan and I have just had this celery salad for breakfast with some hot coffee. That You've told me good. that. That's that's bold. It it's is. a bold morning move. But you know what? In these times, sometimes when you feel like you're not walking around a whole lot, maybe. Yeah. And like- yeah, <laughs> just need something that makes you feel like you had a crunchy, healthy, fresh start in the morning. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it kind of hits the with the sweet, sweet and salty and crunchy. It's delicious. Anyways, celery salad, any time of day, I would recommend it. <laughs> I give this recipe to everyone I talk to. I love it. You should yeah. make it. Yeah. Yeah. Like sometimes I feel a bit like a recipe bully and I feel like this is one of those times where I'm like, yes, I understand. Betsy understands this. You find something that works so well and you're like, no, guys, everyone needs to make this. And I feel the same way. This salad is going in my permanent rotation. So mm-hmm. good. And it's like so easy to make. And it just was like interesting to eat. I don't know how else to put it where you're just like, oh, mm -hmm." kept in the fridge pretty well. 
for me, you know, eight sticks mm -hmm. of, of celery is, is a lot of celery. And so it was a ton of veggies at once. And I just wanted to keep eating it. You know, when you're not, I don't know, sometimes it's hard to eat healthier foods right now. And this yeah. was a good one. You know, five out of five, Betsy, like tw triple gold stars, five out of five. Great call. Love it. Yeah, thanks. I mean, obviously, this is a five out of five stars for me. I think this is my <laughs> like all star recipe here. Okay, let's Love move it. on. Last recipe of the week is wacky cake with co cocoa coffee glaze by Jenny Eats. Uh, yeah, so I wanted to find a dessert that left out many of the ingredients that maybe we're trying to conserve a little bit. At first, I was trying to go flourless, but then, I don't know, I pivoted to egg and dairyless. And in my house, we're just going through those faster. So apologies if that's not the case for you. Um, but this is a great one if you're trying not to use up the eggs for baking, but you maybe want to make scrambled eggs in the morning. Uh, this cake was invented in the Depression, so the story goes. So it you're, they're trying not to use expensive ingredients like butter, like eggs and that sort of thing. And it's wacky because it doesn't use any of those ingredients. The writer of this particular recipe found it in a cookbook called Favorite Recipes from Faith Lutheran Church Women in Akron, Ohio. Date unknown. And it's Betta Mae Ramsey's recipe. So Betta Mae, thanks for the cake recipe. To make it, you sift together cocoa powder, flour, and baking soda in a large bowl. Poke three wells into the mixture, like make little holes, and fill one with vinegar, one with oil, and one with vanilla. Pour water over the whole thing and mix it until it's relatively smooth. Pour it into a greased baking pan and bake for about a half an hour. The glaze, which is added when the cake is cool, is a mix of coffee, powdered sugar, cocoa, and a little bit of half and half just to make it pourable. You spread it all over the cake for a fairly thick glaze, and you let the glaze set and eat. That's it. You've got a chocolate cake, no eggs or butter. How did everyone like it, Betsy? So I liked this. Ryan liked it. The kids were not. They could pick up on that coffee taste. Oh. And, or I'm not sure if they just saw me make it. I don't know. Sometimes it just, they were, um, I don't know, less enthusiastic about it. But, hmm. I mean, I thought it was delicious and an easy cake, which was fun to make. And I liked that it's not using eggs because honestly, eggs is some eggs are something that I am having a little bit of an issue with. So yeah, that was helpful for me. I still have. I made this cake yesterday because even though I have an infinite amount of time, I still seem to be not. <laughs> uh, yeah, same. Not using my time wisely. I don't know. Uh, so I still have a little uh, bit left that I'm going to have with some coffee this afternoon. I think. Yum. Yeah. What did you I. Think? Re yeah, I realized actually that I have made this cake before and oh. I didn't realize it. it is vegan. And in my joy of cooking from the 90s, they call this a vegan chocolate cake. Oh, so if you think about it in terms of just like making vegan baked goods, this is actually a completely unless you, you know, if you skip the glaze or maybe add water to the to the glaze, this is 100 percent vegan cake. So in addition to just saving eggs, this is something that you can make for people with yeah. dietary restrictions and things like that. Um, I love that it didn't use eggs because like you, that's been a problem for us. Um, I really like this cake, actually. I remember I made it years ago and I tasted it again. I was like, oh, I would say it has a texture pretty similar to a box cake, which I enjoy. Mm hmm. You know, love that. It's like definitely yeah, a cocoa yeah. flavored cake, which is nice. Um, it's not too sweet. I actually halved this because a nine by 13 
that's not a good idea, you know, yeah, in my house. Yeah. <laughs> you know, um, but an eight, it made a perfect eight by eight for me. If you just have the recipe right down and it's very haveable because it's like two cups of sugar, one cup of sugar. Um, I found it worked out really well and um, it was delicious. And I'm going to take a little bit to a friend who's actually giving me eggs this afternoon. <laughs> so oh, that's and nice. actually, Betsy, you. Yeah, you could actually take the coffee out of the glaze. If you know you've got kids that may be like balk at the coffee flavor, you could just make a cocoa glaze. Yeah, I thought about that after I did it. I thought oh, yeah. I should have I should have maybe adjusted this a little bit. But I was thinking I don't know, I was being optimistic, I guess. I mean, even though you have it, which I think is great, also it's it is kind of nice to have these 9 by 13 recipes mm. i think that is pretty useful and for sure recipes. i this is a cake yeah i would make the full pan if i was bringing it to a party and i knew people's had a few dietary restrictions mm-hmm. and it does not taste at all like something that you've taken ingredients out of it's delicious wrapping it up Kay. what was your winner on the week i mean i've got to give it to you betsy it's the celery salad so good how about you yeah i mean I obviously like the celery salad, but everyone has heard me talk about that. So I am going to say <laughs> it's the soca because I'm going to try that again. I liked the idea of a chickpea based sort of flatbread in my life. So mm. perfect. Mm-hmm. Well, if any of these recipes sound good to you, make sure to check out our show notes and grocery list at dinnersisters.com. There you'll find lists to all the recipes, any tips or techniques we talked about. And if you'd like to chat more with us, you can always ask to join our Dinner Sisters Facebook group. We are at Dinner Sisters Podcast. You just look for us on Facebook and we'll let we'll have you join the party. Uh, we've been talking about that celery salad for weeks. So if you're on the Facebook group and are wondering, uh, yeah, this isn't this is the same celery salad. <laughs> we just haven't actually ever featured it before. Yeah, we hadn't featured it. It was so good. We had to feature it. So you maybe get a preview of some of the recipes on there. Okay, Kate, so for the smorgasbord today, we are going to talk about our hits of the past 10 episodes, and I will kick it off. My family hit, my family favorite hit this time, was the Chipotle copycat chicken. We decided. No kidding. Yeah, and we, I think, because it was had like these excellent flavors, made a ton I found that to be so useful to have in the fridge. It was like four mm. pounds of chicken. And then we just had burrito bowls and quesadillas and a whole bunch of stuff all week with that. And it was just delicious. So I found that especially useful and delicious. My surprise favorite actually was the bisanchila, which again, we're back to chickpea pancakes. But I was like, oh, this will be a good recipe. This might be nice. And I was like, whoa, this is delicious. Mm-hmm. And it is a dinner staple for sure. The flavors are so good. It's got the, you know, the spices in it, a little bit of veg, which is nice. Um, sometimes I, honestly, vegetables are not my comfort food. So it's hard for me sometimes. I'm not in a good mood in the after, in the evening <laughs> to put them in there. And it's a good way for me to kind of like sneak myself in some veggies. Uh, yeah. Bees and Sheila or the tomato omelet. Super surprised, but very happy about it. How about you, Betsy? Yeah, I will second that because that was really one of the best recipes I think that came out of the past 10 episodes. I'm going to go with the comfort in an instant, the quinoa porridge out of there. Oh, that was surprising to me because I just, 
never would have done that. It had almond milk, quinoa, and then you top it with maple syrup and some nuts and maybe some dried fruit or fresh fruit if you like it. I mean, obviously, this is a breakfast meal, but you could really eat it any time of the day as we are doing these days. Yeah. You know. Time has no meaning. uh Uh-huh. And it kept well in the refrigerator and it just made this like super healthy kind of protein packed delicious creamy porridge nice i'm gonna have to try to make that that's got to go on my list mm-hmm. okay now for our overall favorites my favorite comes from an episode 103 which is a recipe you and i complained and complained about we could not get ourselves going do you remember do you know what i'm talking about right now yeah the make ahead pantry episode that we tried yeah. to put together <laughs> From, like, September of 2019 until it finally aired. (laughs) We dragged our feet. We were like, ah, I can't believe it, which is hilarious to me. But we finally made those Japanese curry blocks in episode 103. And Betsy, I am thanking my past self so much for these. I've Mm -hmm. made a couple curries now. Now that we're, you know, staying in the house, it is so flavorful and smells so good and is also comforting. And you can kind of do what you have with it, right? So I've made it with pork tenderloin. I made it with chicken breast. I made it with chicken thighs and just kind of adjusted the cooking time for that. I've used a random Japanese sweet potato I had in the pantry. I was Mm -hmm. like, oh, that's nice. It was delicious. I even used cauliflower. Uh, it's such a good recipe. It's very flexible. Uh, I thought it's just been nice to have in the fridge for when we're having lunch or, you know, quick dinner when you're just done with the day. So may not be an ideal recipe unless you got a lot of those spices in the house. But if you're up for a project and willing to wait for spices to be delivered, this could be a good one and you will not regret it. Okay. What is your favorite Betsy? Yes, the Easy Garlic White Bean Soup from Budget Bites, and that was episode 101. I just thought this was so good, and right now I have more white beans in my pantry, and a little soup and grilled cheese, just delicious, and I need to make it again. I haven't really um, been making too many soups. The weather's gotten a little bit nicer, but I was reminded that this just makes a comforting, easy, flavorful dinner. And it was just, I think, checked all my boxes. Such a great recipe. So easy. And that one's so quick, Betsy. I think it's like done in 15 minutes. Yeah. Like, it's really quick. So if you're looking for just like, I need to have something that's has some nutrients in it from the beans... (laughs) Yeah, yeah, right. <laughs> and it's a nice side with a grilled cheese. Like, this is a great idea, especially if you've got cans of beans that you're wondering what to do with. Right. Okay, so coming up next week, we have pantry pasta. And in here, you're going to find some new ideas for all of us to use the pasta up that we bought. Right. <laughs> if you're like me, you panic bought pasta, this is the way to do it. We've got some salmon pasta that I'm really looking forward to. Yeah, me too. There's a lot of things on here that I'm excited to try. All right. So that's what's for dinner this week. See you next time on The Dinner Sisters. We'll save a spot at the table for you. Would you like a little dinner in your inbox every week? Subscribe to our newsletter by going to our website at dinnersisters.com for show notes and other fun stuff. You can also dig through our archives and find some recipes that you might be surprised about. If you've got some dinner ideas, you can always shoot us an email at dinnersisterspodcast at gmail.com or find us on Instagram or Facebook and send us a message there. 
Lastly, as per usual, if you like what you're hearing, please review and subscribe. That's how people get to know us. And maybe tell a friend on one of those virtual cocktail hours we're all having. Thanks and happy eating. Happy eating.